Welcome to the Darkened Doorway podcast, your doorway to everything dark, crimey and weird. Hi Darklings and welcome back to another episode of the Darkened Doorway. So today Ellie's going to be telling us a story about a lady called Kim Snibson, who apparently has something to do with some murder and kidnapping, maybe not in that order. And some barrels. Some barrels. Mm. <laughs> yes. No, this one's this one's quite a interesting one when you want to talk about sociopaths and master manipulators and that sort of thing. But we'll get to that. Well, I've been waiting a week to hear this and you wouldn't tell me anything about it. So um, <laughs> by all means, go right ahead. Okay, so January 29th, 2006, there's two bike riders riding through the Tomorong mm-hmm. State Forest and they come across two smouldering barrels. Okay little bit of bushfire around it as well yep yep so strap on (laughs) it they ring the police the police already know what they're going to find in these barrels and what they find is really not a lot left but they do see what looks like a human foot you have my attention yeah they know who it belongs to already without doing any investigation and we'll get to that in a sec So this case takes place in Australia, in the south coast of New South Wales, down in a sleepy coastal town called Nowra. It's quite a big town, but it is, again, just a beautiful part of Australia that is a little sleepy, a little beachy, a little mountainy, quite beautiful. It's a bit of a holiday destination. Very much so. Yeah, Nowra is very much so. Like that's, that's, I I do really love Nowra. It's also the site for. um, It's one of those pretty places. It is. It's also the site for a very large naval base as well down in Nowra. Oh, okay. uh, Jarvis Bay and and that sort of area. And. My geography uh, is terrible. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take you on a holiday. It's wonderful. What we're going to talk about today is the kidnapping and murder of two people, Greg Hoser, who was 56 at the time, and Catherine McKay, who was 44. They're a married mm-hmm. couple. Yeah. They own a property called Champagne Shire, which is a property, a very large, beautifully presented horse property. I think it's about 44 acres or 44 hectares. Anyway, massive, huge horse property, you know, beautiful mm. white fences, all the rest of it. What we all kind of dream of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Greg and Catherine moved here as a bit of a sea change or a tree change. And they were living their best life, though, you know, this was this was their dream. They had a 10 year old Mm. son as well. And they bred and showed Shire horses. So they're the big horses like draft horses. Yeah, okay. The big, yeah, like like a Clydesdale. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And uh, but they are a little bit rarer than Clivesdales and draft horses. They're a heritage breed. So there's really not a lot of breeders of Shire Mm. horses in Australia anyway. So they were quite well known in that community and in the horse community as well. I feel like as well that they would be the kind of breed that I would like try to ride and just sit there shivering because I'm terrified of riding horses. But also (laughs) because you'd sit there and like your legs would go straight out because they're so yeah, big on absolutely. the back. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they're very, very, very tall horses. Yeah. Very I'd be tall. just shivering going, mm. God, get me down. Yeah. I don't think you'd get up there because you're so short. Uh, sorry, what? I definitely would not. 
rude. I'm Very vertically rude. challenged. Just a little bit. <laughs> so Greg and Catherine were actually quite successful at showing these Shire horses as well. So again, they're quite well known in the bigger horsing community and quite well known in mm. Nowra as well because you know, everyone was kind of proud the fact that these guys had won at the Royal Easter Show as well for their beautiful horse. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're, they're very well known and they were also... That's a big show. Oh, very big. It's... it's um, for, That's kind of like... It's the biggest in Australia, The really. one of the year. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm. That's right. And so their horse, Champagne Charlie, won and he's a spectacular Shire horse. Cute. So they also adjusted other people's horses on their property as well. And when their new neighbour, Kim Snibson, moved to Nowra in 2001, she also approached to adjust her horses at their property. And she had a couple of horses. She was also a dog sled racer and she would practice her uh, racing her dogs through the Tomarong State Forest. Okay. She lived in a house uh, just down the road from Champagne Shires and this mm. house was uh, previously owned by Judith Plankus, who our Kim Snibson, who is our main character of this story, inherited it from. So just remember that because we'll come back to that because she inherited this house from an elderly lady who had other living relatives. Kim was not a relative. But anyway, we'll get back to that. This feels ominous. Yeah, a little little bit. A little bit of a theme you, you'll possibly work out as we okay. move along. All right. So everything's going nicely so far. I'm seeing yeah. no signs. Oh, except no, for that that's whole right. barrel with the... Yeah, actually, there were signs. Ignore There me. were signs. There were signs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomarong State Forest where she sleds yeah. the dogs. I think I, I think I just, um, I think I just got a link that, that first okay. bit out of my mind. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the ankle in the barrel, wasn't it? Yeah. Charred yeah. ankle. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Good. Excellent. Okay. So yes, everything's going peachy at the moment and <laughs> Kim is, adjusting her horses at uh, Greg Hoser and Catherine McKay's property called Champagne Shires. Okay. And she also did a bit of work around the property and stuff as well and, you know, helped with fences and and they knew each other reasonably well Mm. just because she was there all the time. Horses take a lot of work and so, you know, you are going to spend some time, time there. Anyway, Kim was also married. She was living in the house just down the road with her husband and two daughters. They were young teenage daughters and everything was sort of going swimmingly. However, at some point the marriage broke down and the husband moved away with the daughters. Okay. That's um, that's a bit weird because the husband, he took the daughters with him and she was okay with that. Yeah. Well, I think she still had some rights to see them, but he was the primary carer from mm. what it seems to be. And and I think as we move along the story, you'll hear some bits and pieces, which is why I think he got the daughters. Okay. Because, you know, maybe maybe there was a few concerns mm. with uh, Kim's kind of behaviours. Curiouser and curiouser. Much curiouser. Okay. <laughs> so... Kim fell behind on her payments at Champagne Shires for the adjusting the horses. It was about three hundred dollars, 
Now, Kim mm-hmm. is somebody that rather than having, uh, rather than being proud or being, you know, nice to people that had good things or that sort of thing. She was a very, very jealous, envious person. She was a bit of a green eyed monster when it came to other people being successful and owning things that she kind of wanted. Like she, she wanted what other people had. She Mm. wanted it bad, like really bad to the point where, you know, it was a little concerning. Mm. I hate those kind of people. They just can't be glad for other people. Like they can't just go, oh, that's great for you. They've always got to be like, no, you don't deserve that. Only I deserve the nice things. Yeah. Um, narcissist, maybe sociopath, mm. maybe, you know, yeah, that sort of just jerks. Person. Yeah. Jerks. Mm. Very much so. <laughs> so, so Kim really, really, really was envious of Champagne Shires and what Greg and Catherine had together. You know, they had a, mm. this successful, beautiful life. Anyway, fell behind in the $300. And Greg and Catherine, who are lovely people, said to Kim, look, if you can't pay it now, that's okay. Because Kim told them, obviously, that she'd fallen behind and they had the conversation. So mm. that's okay. You pay us when you can. It's not a problem. We trust you. It's we know you. It's not a huge amount of money either. Well, that's right. And that offended Kim immensely because, obviously, <laughs> they don't want her money or like they don't need her money because they're obviously so well off and you know like they're flaunting it in front of her and they're saying you know like they don't you know three hundred dollars that's nothing I've got an amazing life I think that's what she was thinking <laughs> so they do her a really nice thing and like say don't worry <laughs> about it chill out we don't want to put extra stress on you. You can pay us back whenever. Not excusing the debt, mm-hmm. just saying take your time. And she's taking that yep. as a personal insult when she's the one that's essentially in the wrong in the first place and they're just being gracious. Yeah, that's what seems to have happened. Uh, there's a few wow. conflicting stories, but that seems to be the one that kind of comes through, that she this was the trigger of her being a little upset with them. She was already very jealous of what they had. Hmm. Kim, being a wonderful person, approached one of her neighbours and her sort of sort of a family friend. She was friends with his partner anyway, and the daughter. It was through the daughter. Her daughter hmm. had like spent time at their place and stuff. So she had approached okay. the male partner of of the group. His name was Andrew Flintjar. She said to him, mm-hmm. I need some help. I need to get even with Greg and Catherine because they have sexually abused my daughter, <gasps> the daughter that you're helping look after. Oh my God. Yeah. So they are, and they've. And was it true? There is no evidence of this at all, like none at all. Oh, wow. And she happens to tell a different story to somebody else. So, and. Okay. There's also a bit of a history in that space. So we'll get back to there. Okay. How old was the daughter? Uh, young teenage, 14, 14 to 16. Okay. So so old enough to talk to her about things. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Kim okay. said that they also videoed it and she needed help getting the video back and she needed to bash them to teach them a lesson and she wanted to get them to sign the property over to her. 
at, to teach them a lesson, to make them pay for this terrible atrocity. <laughs> so was at any point they thinking, hey, maybe um, we've got some child abuse here, we should go to the police? Doesn't seem to be the case. So in the court records, um, Andrew says that he said, no, I don't want to. And then she continued to ask him and he he then went, oh, all right. That was the word to use. Oh, all right. Like, <laughs> I'll help like you. Like it's taking out the trash. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll what? <laughs> you. All right. Um, oh, my yeah. God. So, no, no, didn't go to the police or suggest going to the police or anything like that or ask for evidence mm-hmm. or anything like that. Okay, Andrew's on board. So he really did nothing to look into it. No, he was on board. He's committed. He's there for to help Kim. She is, she is, you'll see, she is very convincing. Okay. okay. So Andrew's on board. Okay. Right. There was another guy staying at her property and sort of renting out, renting out the property, sort of living in a caravan and then kind of was living in a property as well, helping look after her animals mm-hmm. because she'd kind of been off with other men traveling a little bit anyway wasn't that's not really part of the story but yes apparently she had had some affairs and was Mm -hmm. busy in Toowoomba and stuff anyway came back before the husband left or after seems to be after however there is some discussion which I'll bring up in a bit about people going to him to tell him about that sort of stuff oh okay so we'll, we'll get there yeah. we'll get there it's Sorry. a little you know i've just got to build the excitement here oh, you yeah know, there's stuff coming your way yeah okay so i'm impatient <laughs> stacy lee catton was living on her property kind of helping her look after her dogs while she was away or you know kind of living there he'd only just sort of moved in the month before and stacy's a boy stacy is a boy yes yes you know, like Dick Stacy. No, that doesn't work. Dick, Dick Stacy with the watch. No, it doesn't work. That's Stacy, different Stacy. Okay. Mm, anyway, Stacy, <laughs> boy's name. Okay. Yes. She recruits him into this scheme of kidnapping and bashing and getting property signed over to her for punishment because she said that Greg Hoser and Catherine McKay had drugged her and sexually abused her and videoed her and had um, basically done bad, bad things to her and she needed help getting even with them and making them pay as well. So wait, now she's saying she's the one who got abused, not her daughter? Yes, not her daughter. That didn't come up. Okay. So different stories. So Very different. And I think what had happened is the reason why she told Andrew one story and Stacey another is she was playing to their, you know, their personalities. So Andrew was a family man. He had his own family, daughter, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, that's going to trigger him. Like, And he knew the daughter. So he's going to be involved. Mm. She didn't really know him very well. She knew the... Uh, the partner yeah whereas you know she got him involved at that point but use the daughter in that space whereas Stacy who actually had a criminal record and was trying to set his um set his life straight again Mm -hmm. she played to him through her being the victim so he probably didn't have kids or anything like that but obviously he knew her and Mm -hmm. you know that's a terrible thing and and that's what triggered him and got him involved so she manipulated them based on what she knew would be most effective to get them riled up yeah she is Mm. a master manipulator this woman like you you wait till you yeah 
And neither of them thought to go, oh, what evidence do you have? Or, oh, wait, let's go to the police. Or, oh, wait, let's go to the couple and then confront them. Let's talk to them. Yeah. You know, maybe that's another way to do it. Like adults. Like adults, yes. Yeah. Or even better, just go to the police. <laughs> yeah, you think? There's a reason vigilante justice isn't actually that popular. Yeah, it's kind of illegal and uh, messy too. Yeah, yeah, and it's often wrong. Yes. Yeah, yeah one-sided yep all of that okay so mm. now she has two men on board to get this terrible terrible greg hoser and Catherine mckay terrible people let's go get them they're doing all of these terrible things so <laughs> Catherine plans to have she got uh, andrew and stacy to come over to her property these two men had never met each other before okay. so they didn't really have a chance to corroborate their what the stories were and they kind of were yeah they kind of thought that they were there for different reasons so and it just never came up no no I guess they were kind of like standing there like a little bit of stunned mullet kind of you know oh okay well we're here now I can't believe I'm here but I've been you know I'm here that's insane wouldn't you at least be like oh you know I can't believe that these bastards did that to the little girl and then the guy'd be like what what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what like, little girl? What are you talking how, about? How did that conversation no. not happen when you've just met someone no. that you're about to do, I assume, very bad things? Very bad things. Yeah, 100%. So weird. I know. <laughs> so Kim calls Greg and says, Greg, I need to talk to you. Can you come over? Greg, being a nice guy and knowing Kim, doesn't feel any threat mm. in this point. Um, probably even said to his wife, hey, I'm just going to go over to Kim's place. She's just asked me to come over. So he drives yeah. over to her place in his full drive and says, hey, Kim, I'm here. What do you need? So had she like ever shown any indication she was angry at them to them? Do we know? Like, would they have even had a clue that she was having these kind of thoughts? <laughs> Look, there's a little bit of mixed. So in, in the court statement, she's saying some some stuff where um, she's talking about having an affair with him and like it's really mixed but there is no oh. evidence of that at all and none of the family or the uh, witness impact statements or anything like that even actually mm. support that at all but Kim talks about that you know that he had had an affair and I think Catherine found out and then sent a videotape that, to her door that said keep out but I don't think that's true because there was no videotape ever found mm. and the rest of the, you know, the impact statements and that sort of stuff and the family, they don't, these two were very, you know, lovely couple. They were together. They had a young, you know, 10 year old son and they were, you know, just, yeah, religious and, you know, they were upstanding citizens and, you know, that's just not their thing. Mm. Yeah. However, it was sort of Catherine's thing. So, you know, she mm. she had been accused of having affairs previously and that sort of thing. So she drew inspiration from real life. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Mm. Okay, so she gets Greg over. Greg goes, hey, Kim, I'm here. What do you need? He gets struck on the head by a wooden bird perch <laughs> that was under the stairs. <laughs> what? <laughs> a wooden bird perch. And it hits him above the eye. That is a bizarre. I know. I know it's very strange, but apparently it was under the stairs and they grabbed it and whacked him. And um, so there was blood. He was okay. bleeding from, from the head and he fell to the ground. 
and it, Andrew Fletcher is the one that actually um, hit him on the head. And and Greg says to him before he's he's gagged, "Why is this happening? Why are you doing this to me?" And Andrew goes, "It's because you're a pedophile, and what you did to Kim's daughter, you freak. You know that sort of like angry noise that was coming out of him. Oh he was God. mad, and you know this was he was getting even with this pedophile and telling him what happened." Stacy's there going wait a second what that's what what do you mean so he had this opportunity at that point to go excuse me and they went to the police released them and reported her to the police and everyone lived happily ever after right wrong no wrong 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 sorry sorry I thought I might be dreaming there is many opportunities where they could have done this like genuinely many opportunities and this was one of them there was many before Mm. this but this was also another one yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that yeah. was a big moment. Where he's like, hang on a sec, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm incredulous that this even happens. Oh, well, yeah, there is more than that. So just, yeah, hold on. Hold on to your socks, mm. lady. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Greg is knocked to the ground. He is hogtied. So hands behind his back, knees bent. Um, he's on his face. They've put a gag over his mouth. They've moved mm. him into the other room. Kim then rings Catherine and says, Catherine, Greg and I need to talk to you. We've been having an affair. I, you know, oh. it's, yeah, we've been having an affair and we need to talk to you about it. It's really serious. That, that what? I'm yeah. sorry. That's a horrible. You were holding that in. Yeah, oh. you were holding that in. Mm. What a, anyway. Yeah. That's horrible. See you Tuesday. Yeah. A um, See you in the yeah. NT. Yeah. Catherine arrives in her car and she's a bit mad and um you know Catherine's rightly so yeah Catherine's a bit mad she you know demands to see Greg they knock her to the ground they hogtie her and they they gag her so she's in beside Greg hogtied together terrifying just terrifying he's bleeding Mm. from above the head above the eye and you know, they're in this space. There's two men that they may or may not, not have known. And there's Kim. And that horror that she'd probably be feeling knowing that like, oh, hold on. That's mm. not what's happening. Like that is not no. what is happening at all. Why yeah. am I being 100%. attacked? That would have been yeah, horrifying yeah. for her. Face down on the floor, um, bound and gagged. Just, yeah, horrifying. Mm. Not knowing what's coming next. So Kim then gets... Stacy Lee Catton to drive with her to take Catherine's car because she didn't want the two cars there to take Catherine's car and uh, back to Champagne Shires and Kim drives her own car back to Champagne Shires and they load the car they load the um, the vehicle with mm-hmm. uh, the barrels and uh, rope and bleach and other cleaning supplies because no one was supposed to bleed Mm. on her floor no one was supposed to leave evidence so they've got to clean it up that's what she said like she was like you know okay andrew's job is basically to stay in the house and to watch the two he said that at one point greg broke loose of his ties and he had to punch him to tie him back up again so again terrifying terrifying So, so close to getting away from it too yeah and also andrew had the opportunity to take a gag off and go did you really do blah, blah, blah? What were you thinking, you bad, bad person? And did you know about this? Yeah, yeah all of this stuff. So, or to maybe if release If you really them. believed it 
and you were really that like you know upset about it why wouldn't you be saying something yeah why wouldn't you be questioning these people or like at least that's what I would be doing I'd be well I would not be in this situation but I would have asked these questions long before yeah and gone to the police like a normal person like a normal um, person who's not going to jail for a very long time yeah exactly yeah. I do try to avoid that because there is no Netflix in prison no there is not so mm -hmm. mm, this would not work for me um although the idea of having someone do my laundry and being able to like just relax all day hmm Hmm. No, 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 I definitely, I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. Okay, good. <laughs> Although I believe you have a list, but no, anyway, we shall continue. <laughs> I have no list. <laughs> and I have no shovel ready. Nuh -uh, not at all. No, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Sorry. We digress. Okay. So Kim and Stacey get back with the barrels and the bleach and they clean up the blood and then this one is yucky kim then grabs some more masking tape and wraps it around and around and around and around catherine's face covering her mouth again oh, and her nose and her eyes there's oh some conjecture whether and she's alive still yeah yeah but not for long obviously oh my god there's some conjecture whether mm. she was placed into the barrel first away from where andrew was because andrew says that he didn't see the murders in in the court and um mm. or whether this was done in front of everyone and in front of her husband as well uh, i'm not 100 percent oh sure about that because in the in the court papers it actually there's very conflicting stories that would be terrifying yes and to suffocate with the masking tape over the mouth and nose would have taken quite a bit of time and they're hogtied as well mm. completely helpless and um i think um from what i've read it takes four to five minutes to suffocate uh, like you know for somebody to can... suffocate is that yeah yeah it can actually take up to six minutes because you've got about six minutes worth of oxygen in a human body like in an adult oh. human so yeah she would have suffered quite a bit in that time what a horrible horrible way to kill yeah. someone no that's that's terrible like any way to kill someone is horrible like a bullet is is terrible but at least it's in instantaneous mm. and then it's over mm. like oh my god okay so that upset you um yeah, so what she did to Greg is um, also a little upsetting. Mm. So, again, you might want to skip over. I can skip? Awesome. Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 stay. Um, so, so she goes into Greg. She grabs some electrical cord. She strangles him with oh. the electrical cord by putting her foot on his back oh my God. and pulling upwards until he died. Okay. Uh, yep. She's a special kind, isn't she? yeah 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 she and that's really up close and personal too like you'd have to continually apply pressure for that entire time yep yep that's yep. horrible yep and, and greg was a reasonable sized man as well so you know that it would have taken quite a bit of effort mm. so they then load the bodies into the barrels although um catherine may have already been in a barrel at this point they load both bodies into the barrel but also Andrew Fletcher said that at um, at one point that um, he didn't know that the body that they died. He basically said that the um, that 
he was actually taken home at some point. So he wasn't there when, when Greg and Catherine died. He said that he was taken back to his property um, when they were returning one of the cars. But again, I, I'm not sure about that. However, he was acquitted of his of murder in the in the court um, in his sentencing. So they just couldn't prove that he was there for the murdering. He said that Stacy and Kim told him that one of them had died accidentally and then the other one they killed because obviously one had accidentally died and i can't like unfortunately mm-hmm. because of the stories of both stacy and kim and andrew all being quite conflicting it's very difficult to confirm that however the court did yeah. say that they actually um acquitted uh, andrew of being involved in the murders just you know the kidnapping yeah so mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, I guess that's something kind of, not really. Well, no, not, it's not something. I think he was there, but no. that's okay. That's fine. Anyway. I would say so, that even if, you're, even if you're aware of it, you should be guilty as the rest. Yeah. Because you have that opportunity right. to go to the police, even then. Yeah, that's right. So they've loaded the bo- bodies into the barrel. Both Greg and Catherine are still hogtied. They've put the lids on. They've sealed the lids onto mm-hmm. the green barrels and they've wrapped it with with the rope as well just so it you know just for extra just Mm -hmm. in cases just in case yeah and they've left them in the garage until nightfall because they don't want the neighbors to see what they're doing i mean i'm sure the neighbors saw the empty (laughs) aren't all the neighbors involved yeah they kind of are (laughs) it's like having a house party and you invite the neighbors so they don't call the police she's just inviting them all to a murder yeah amazing two murders that's normal yeah so normal so and and Catherine's daughter is still at andrew flint jar's house too by the way apparently so you know it's not weird at all at least she's not having to witness any of this because obviously it's not her doing no 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 she was definitely not involved and she didn't have anything to do with it did she no not at all not at all no she's she's just got a terrible mother okay Mm, so as nightfall happens uh stacy and kim load the barrels into the car andrew may have been Mm -hmm. involved but apparently he wasn't but anyway it's fine we'll say that he wasn't but if he's lifting like was she a big woman no catherine didn't seem to be um particularly big strong have been really heavy oh absolutely yeah that's dead weight in those barrels plus all of the um did you say they filled it with gasoline no not not yet not yet but possibly with some bleach and stuff but I, i'm not 100 yeah. percent sure whether the bleach went in there but the gasoline's not in there yet they picked that up on the way you know from the service oh, station. okay yes yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. either way that's going to be a really heavy barrel it's going to take mm-hmm. two strong people to lift that that's right so that's questionable for me yeah that's right they did use a trolley a mm. trolley yeah, yeah. You got to look after your back. Yeah. That's okay. it. Jesus. <laughs> Barrels are in the back of the car. They um, drive to the local petrol station, Naura Caltex, just to be precise, the service station, buy mm-hmm. $50 worth of petrol using Catherine's money in cash, and um, then drove to Tomarong State forest where they then opened the barrels and poured the gasoline in used a rag to light the rag and then throw it into Mm. the barrels and the blaze began so 
they then come back this is around nine o'clock um, a bit later than nine yeah. they then come back they tell Andrew what they've done if that's the story we want to believe borrow 10 bucks off him and um, and then uh, go back to like a bit later in the night go back and add more petrol to the barrels oh wow so they actually went back yes just to make sure that all of the dna is destroyed because apparently fire fucks forensics we should have a shirt named that <laughs> maybe we will yes okay right so barrels are burning um the crime scene has sort of been cleaned up there was some handbag like a handbag and stuff too that ended up being in andrew fletcher's house somehow and um mm. anyway so stacy then gets a little bit freaked out about the whole situation remember that he had a criminal record as well so mm. he then goes to his sister's house and basically gives a watered down version of what has happened and mm. they obviously urge him to go to the police and he goes to the police around 2 30 in the morning and tells them about the bodies in the barrel and about the murders and the kidnapping and all the rest of it he initially mm. is let go because he said basically it was all Kim and Andrew and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and hence why when the bodies were found by the cyclist in the morning, they knew yeah. what was in the barrels. So, oh. yeah. So then the police went and began their investigation and the forensic work and that sort of stuff. And there really wasn't a lot left in the barrels. However, the ties, the rope and the wire ties and um, that sort of thing and the barrels were able to be matched back to Champagne Shires. So there was matching rope mm. in the stables and there was tie okay. wire and that sort of stuff there as well. And um, obviously the green paint was found in the back of Kim's car because they'd used oh. that and on a trolley as well. So they were able to link that back in. Yeah, just enough there. Yes. So they then go and arrest Kim and Andrew and then they change their mind and grab Stacy as well. And they were all Fair. arrested within hours, you know, within that 24-hour period of when the mm. murder occurred. They didn't get the property signed over to Kim. I'm not quite sure why that didn't happen. Maybe there was no access <sighs> to the deed or the will or whatever. But so this senseless murder was for nothing, like for yeah. nothing. She got so caught. So they got no benefit out of this other than like a feeling of haha i i got you i and got now you I'm you bad person the rest of my life in prison yeah wow yeah. that was definitely a hill worth dying on what yeah that's she's right. not the brightest crayola in the pack well i think she's still doing her magic in prison i think she's still mm. manipulating the system and still manipulating people in prison and um, oh, wow. I'll talk about that in a sec, but let's talk about what they got for this murder. So yeah. basically Kim Snibson got 32 years in prison for aggravated kidnapping and murder and obviously destroying the uh, bodies as well, desecrating bodies. Please tell me that's consecutively, one for each murder. No, no, there's not, um, which I'm uh, a bit annoyed about. Like she got like 16 and a half years for one and same for the other. Like, I'm sorry, that it's not. And they weren't elderly as some of the newspapers talk about. They weren't elderly at all. 56 and, you know, like 44. 44. That's not, that's not yeah, elderly. That's, <laughs> that's middle-aged. No. Yeah, 100%. And Kim will be 
potentially 56 to 60 when she gets out. Oh, wow. Because so she's well, still got her whole life ahead of her after that. 100%. Yeah, totally 100%. And she left a 10-year-old orphaned as well by mm. murdering his parents. So, you know, that's, that's just horrible. Yes. And apart from that, like the families, all like these people had families too. And mm. I think you've said said it previously, the inference is that these two people were bad people and they deserved what they got. No, they didn't. They were good, no. good religious, you know, upstanding community mm. people that had had a sea change or a tree change and was, you know, enjoying life. Happened and to live next door, next to, door to a crazy person. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, I think it's sometimes people look at these things and go, oh, that's a really torturous kind of way to die they must have been involved in some kind of dodgy dealings but yeah you're right it's not often actually true no sometimes they're just really unlucky yeah yeah to to be living next door to a mm. intensely crazy person <laughs> and from everything you've said they actually went out of their way to be nice to her and yeah. to help her out yeah that's right that's right wow yeah so what a Stacey... delightful woman Oh, she is delightful. And the mm. fact that she was able to manipulate these two men into assisting her with this. And for Stacey Lee Catton's troubles, he got 16 years for being involved and mm -hmm. in, in participating in the murder. They couldn't determine who killed uh, Greg or Catherine, but they believe that Kim was the mastermind, which obviously is true because I'll give you some more just to back that up in a sec and Andrew mm -hmm. was acquitted of being involved in the murder so he only got 10 years it really seems like oh it's not <laughs> not at all because they knew about it they knew it was happening they could have at any moment made a decision to go and save that life but they chose not to 100 percent 100 percent one life two life whatever they still managed to say they could have they could have changed their minds at any point or gone, oh, I'm not really comfortable with this at any point. But yeah, no. So Kim is in jail now. She was at Silverwater Good. and now she's at uh, Dewinia Women's Prison. She has been um, being a bit of a model citizen. Uh, she has put in for an appeal and she wrote a nine page appeal letter handwritten that uh talks about how amazing her rehabilitation is oh and just one point two so the reason why she got the 32 years is because uh at no point did she actually seem remorseful for this situation either oh yeah wow so that's why she got a extra because there was no no remorse shown at this point so in her appeal letter, she is more than remorseful. She is, you know, I was, I was a different person then. Um, I'm all rehabilitated now. I've been helping animals while I've been in here. I've been looking after goats and chickens and greyhounds and puppies. I've done all of Who these courses. Her animals? <laughs> I don't know. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> It you is don't get to play with puppies and you know adorable long boys and girls and and goats and all these animals if you've done something that horrendous yeah and you've killed potentially you've killed two dogs uh 
that were belonging to that elderly lady that I need yeah. to come back to. Remind me to come back to that because you'll be mad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, because I haven't, I don't think I've told you about the dogs, have I? Oh, anyway. I don't know if I want to know. Ooh, okay. I'll get back to that. Anyway, nine page appeal letter. She um, lost her hair in, or lost some of her hair. She had alopecia in, in prison mm-hmm. and she befriended a nun or a nun befriended her and she managed to get the nun to buy her a wig, her first wig, uh, to, you know, to cover up her balding head. And she also managed to uh, somehow convince or demonstrate to the nun that she had found religion and she was a new woman and got the nun to recommend a Sacred Heart affiliate award or something like that are you serious from the pope she is the only inmate that has ever been awarded this award so again that feels a bit manipulative do you think i feel like that is like like you're manipulating a nun it's a whole new low and that's definitely what it is yeah because it's it's an easy mark really isn't it she wants to believe the best in you and she wants to forgive you because that's what people of you know in religion do it's mm-hmm. kind of the whole part of being christian you know forgive everyone mm. so i feel like that is just way too easy like yeah. she managed to convince two grown men to go and commit murder with her when she wasn't supposedly wasn't even that close to them oh 100% well and wigs aren't cheap either like it you know no. they're, they're quite they're quite expensive dear. yeah so anyway the and i'm assuming her... it wasn't one of those like bright um clown ones we used to get in the 80s when we were kids <laughs> that were made out of tinfoil with the multicolors. no i don't i'm assuming don't... it's not one of those no <laughs> i think it was very hair like to you know let her blend yeah. in yeah yeah mm. i wonder if she pulled her own hair out no i didn't say that out loud anyway that would be part <laughs> of the manipulation anyway she also at one point in 2009 um, had put in for an appeal as well an appeal for a sentence for leniency Mm. Uh, it was rejected because legal aid refused to help her and also she didn't have any funds at that point so she needs money now yes so she needs money now because obviously her last appeal was rejected because she didn't have the funds to actually pay for the the legal stuff that she needed and legal aid had refused to assist her at some point maybe she got cranky with them i don't know she finds love in prison she starts dating a inmate and um, they have a very passionate relationship or at least i don't know whether it's passionate or not but she talks about her in this this uh, one whole page of this nine page document that she'd put together for her appeal and how she's a different woman now and that she plans to move to New Zealand or move back home, she calls it, with her lover to uh, be there for her mum and um, her family, just you know, moving back to New Zealand. Okay. And I'm like, okay, okay, New Zealand can claim her and they can have her. And yeah. we claim Crowded yep. House and Russell Crowe because I think, you know. Yeah, happy festival. to let her go. Yeah, All yeah good. Chicken, New Zealand. New yeah. Zealand is fine. <laughs> okay. Mm. So, yeah, whole page she she just professes her undying love for, for this um, this woman, this ex-inmate. I'd love to know how she ropes all these people in. 
Like, I'm kind of wondering if she has, like, I don't know, beer-flavoured nipples or something because (laughs) I don't get the appeal. Well, the appeal is there because this uh, ex-inmate, her lover, is paying for her whole appeal process. She's paying all of the legal fees. So, which would be considerable. This isn't legal aid stuff. This is this would be quite considerable because it's an appeal process. So yeah, so mm. she's in she's got her paying for her now. Of course she does. So <laughs> again, I kind of feel like this is part of that master manipulation stuff. Yeah. And the fact that she was involved with so many programs as well, you know, it, she's involved with the Greyhound program, she's involved with the puppies, she's involved with goats, she's involved with chickens, wow. she's involved with all of these programs in prison. She also is um, has done all of these courses. She's convinced this nun that she is this born-again Catholic and that she is, you know, needs a pope, a pope. I don't even know if that's a thing, but it is now. So she's managed to weasel her way into all these positions yep. to kind of benefit her. Look at me, I'm a good person now, so you should let me out. 100%. And this, is, this fills her nine-page document. It's all handwritten. It's actually quite nice writing. I'm quite jealous wow. of that. Um, but not enough to kill. I wonder if we could see it somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, you can. And this yeah. is weird for me because she's released this nine-page document to yeah. the newspapers. Like, I've never seen what? somebody else's appeal document published released to it. the newspapers. They published it, the whole thing. Oh you can God. see it online. We will add it to our, our TikTok and to our Facebook page. And you can see all, like, the whole it's weird hey like I feel this is part of a you know wouldn't wouldn't that have had to be approved by like the governor of the prison probably like how did she get approval to do that I have no idea okay and and maybe that's part of that legal process where she can just release it to her solicitor and they can you know be part of her I don't know publicity or something anyway it's it's very even then like I feel like that's weird yeah yeah we'll have to ask a governor if there's any governors listening please let us know or any prison workers or anyone who knows stuff about that that would be amazing to understand yeah was this leaked is this a normal thing to do it's just very strange because it is very detailed um and obviously it's full of remorse and that she's a new person and talks about the pope even supports her and you know that sort of stuff as well so yeah it's it's Hmm. very interesting now this appeal worked so she's gonna be out it's 2023 right now she's gonna be out in five Mm. years she had three years knocked off her sentence so she's gonna be 56 which is the same age as greg hoser who she murdered and um yeah there's a lot of See, life and i live. don't feel like she's learned anything here if anything i think she's learned how to manipulate people more effectively mm. and in prison you have a lot of time to kind of hone your skills this is this is like your full-time job mm. <laughs> you know you you to survive That's in insane. prison you need to actually learn how to manipulate more and once a sociopath probably always a sociopath. I'm not sure that's a personality trait that goes away. I don't like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I, I, I think she is the prime example of a sociopath, particularly when she didn't show remorse mm. for the murders and the fact that she was able to do this as well. Like it's just, 
And the fact that she's also a mother herself mm. and she's taken this child's parents away, you would have thought at least that would have evoked some kind of sympathy, but apparently not. No, no. She wants what she wants and she gets what she wants. Now, go back really? to her the inherited house that she got back in 2003. <laughs> this is a bit you might get a bit cranky and it kind of pulls a couple oh. of different <laughs> things together this whole idea of this okay. master manipulator um she so this mm. house uh, that she inherited from you know an acquaintance an acquaintance like genuinely an acquaintance so she moved from sydney mm. in um 2001 to Nara, and she at some point uh, got to know this woman who um, her name is Judith Plankus. She is 73 or was probably 71 at the time. She breeds dogs. And I don't know if the dogs were, you know, uh, Malamutes or um, Huskies or something like that, which would fit into that okay. whole sled dog space that Kim was part of. So she, um, mm. this, this woman had 20 dogs. She was a breeder she ended up getting bowel cancer unfortunately and uh kim kind of stepped in and said look let mm. me give you a hand to help with your dogs which you know is a very nice thing to do and judith plankus mm. gets very sick from the bowel cancer and she goes downhill but um not to the point where you would expect her that she's about to pass away but anyway kim gets involved with with the dogs two of the dogs die and whether it was mysterious or expected, I'm not sure. But okay. it it it's brought up as something a little strange in some of the descriptions that I've read. And so two of these dogs die. And then the next day, Judith dies. I don't right. believe that it was expected that she was to die. That's so uh, she also, the day before, had actually changed her will and made Kim the sole beneficiary of her estate and the house the day before. And the dogs. See what I'm getting at? And the other dogs? And also the dogs. Yep. Okay. Yep, so yep. she probably the other thought, dogs. oh, she this was... lady's been helping me. She cares. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll sure. leave yep. this stuff yeah. to her. She'll take care of my fur babies. Yeah, yeah, two of the dogs have just died and now I'll just sign it all over to her because I love mm. her so much and she cares for my dog so well. Yeah. She can have the house and look after my dogs. Right. Yeah. I don't know if there was any manipulation there or, you know. Did she have any family members? Yes, this is the weird thing. <laughs> Judith had a whole family and oh. this acquaintance was signed over the house. O okay, and how long had she known her? Do we know? Yep. Not very long, like less than two years. And it yeah. was actually even less than that, but I can't kind of confirm the, t the timeline, but it was quite a lot less than that. That's a little bit suspicious. You think? I don't know if the dying hmm. dogs and the will were part of, you know, the will change was part of anything. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not speculating. Well, I am, but I'm not. I'm not saying anything because this was never looked into. No one contested the will, which was weird. And the dogs were signed over to Catherine. Catherine gets the house. She lives in it with her husband and her, and her daughters. But the mm. dogs, she kept four. She euthanized two and she sold the rest for four grand. Okay. 
like very quickly. Yeah. Like right after her death. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 But going back to when she lived in Sydney, <laughs> this also came out as um, part of the witness statements in the court as well. And I sort of saved the, less, the best to last to kind of pull it all together for you. Mm. So some witnesses had come forward to say that Kim had approached them to um, help her mm, bash up or potentially murder an elderly neighbour to get him to sign the property over to her. Yep. And she'd offered uh, 50,000 to one person and um, 30,000 to another person up in Dural. This is where she was living, Dural in New South Wales, Sydney. So she'd done this before. This was not her first rodeo. So none of this has been like, none of this has been kind of linked directly it's in the court statement it is you know it happened like kim doesn't admit it but you know these people why would they come forward this is this is strange stuff right and also people yeah there's no benefit there no no people in Nara also went to kim's husband and said the same thing about her approaching them to help to get her, get them to help her to bash, kidnap, murder, to get people to sign over the property. What? So again, Kim wants stuff and she will get it however she can. And her way that she wants to get it is to take, take, take uh, and get people to sign mm. things over. And yeah. I feel like she probably should have realized that if she'd just got a good job with those like manipulation skills, if she'd managed to get herself into a management position, she probably could have bought a property like that and not had to spend like, you know, the last what, 13 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not sure if there's been any other deaths related to her. But, um, you know, I My think God. maybe they should look into Judith Plankus's case they might Mm. need to look backwards and see if there's anyone missing around dural that might have had their property signed over or just you know happened to not find their property over and die mysteriously that live near kim and dural is a lovely area too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's beautiful farmland and it's all really old and established and it's just beautiful properties there are millions yeah yep yep so yeah so that is that's crazy yeah that is today's story that i you know i have now removed Ooh. from my brain although i am a little bit fearful of retribution but it's fine it's fine i'm not worried at all it'll be fine it's fine it's fine it's fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> my god well you just have to hope that you know she doesn't convince your neighbors you'll have to go be friends with them <laughs> yeah <laughs> So that I think is the takeaway, guys. Everyone become friends with your neighbours so that they don't feel like they should be easily convinced to murder you. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's What kind of community is that anyway? It's a weird one. This has been a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go have like a hot chocolate with sprinkles in it now just to like go back to normality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe have that with your neighbour. Yeah, with my neighbour. I'll go make them one. (laughs) Like, Mm. I love you. Please don't Mm. kill me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening today. And uh, until next time, Darklings. Bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye.